I liked what you said about you know positive thinking. That phrase I think is just so overused. It doesn't do it. It doesn't explain it properly. Positive thinking is almost like delusional. It's more about rational, the disarming. I think I do do that. Where I, if I have an anxious thought, I I, I, I think like, mm-hmm. why am I anxious about this? Where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. Is it a childhood trauma? Is it something unconscious or conscious that is happening? Is it something else that's unrelated that I'm just like sleep we were talking about sleep earlier today sometimes it's as simple as just sleeping (laughs) get a good night's sleep and then the next day is a new day and it doesn't fucking matter anymore it's like oh that was just late night anxiety i i tend to get it more in the night than in the day so i've learned to teach myself like oh it's 10 p.m (laughs) you're worrying about something just go to bed (laughs) yeah And then the next day, oftentimes, it's not a big deal. Hey there, go-getters. I'm Mikey Vashu, host of Busy Done Better, the podcast designed to help you embrace and enjoy your busy work life. A programmer since the age of 12, my journey has taken me from an employee to business owner and founder of booked-in online scheduling. But I'm not here to brag about my success or sell you my 10-step plan. The truth is, on many days, I still struggle to keep it all together. Wearing too many hats, having to lead when I don't feel like a leader, solving problems I know little about, struggling to be present with family when all I can do is think about work. Whether you're running a $10 million company, a small business, or working a demanding job, you're likely familiar with these challenges. On this podcast, we examine the dark side of business life, significance of mental health, dynamics of remote work, and the ever-changing meaning of work-life balance, and hopefully make your busy and hectic day a little more interesting and enjoyable. In today's episode, I'm talking with Leanne Schmidt, Product Marketing Specialist at BookedIn. Leanne's resilience and positive attitude has been key to BookedIn's success for many years. From lemonade stand to tech startup, Leanne takes us down an entrepreneurial journey that includes waiting tables, copywriting, and a secret handshake. Leanne describes how reflection and perspective helped her survive early startup life and why assuming positive intent is key to dealing with difficult people, like her overbearing boss. Ahem, that's me. All this, plus the benefits of being judgmental, dealing with a panic attack, the healing power of gratitude, and the importance of knowing your chronotype. So grab your favorite cup of coffee and settle in. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. Hey, Leanne. <laughs> hey. Oh, we've been working so long together. It's, uh, it's, there's no need for formalities. No, no, not even close. <laughs> Is that, uh, that Tucker beside you there? Yep. Tucker's here. He's trying to mooch food or oh. see what kind of snacks he can get out of me. Oh, Tuckster. It could be because I'm set up today beside his dish, Uh-oh. and that's where the food goes. <laughs> yeah. And d- the drywall, you'll have to uh, pardon the renovations continue, but... Yeah, I was wondering, that looks like a, like a modern... You know, they have houses now that literally look like the outside is just 
bare stucco, uh, bare <laughs> drywall. There's a house on our street that has, and I always wonder like what they're, they're like panels and they oh. kind of look like drywall panels almost, but they're not They're And it's like the finished modern design. Yeah. Oh, weird. No, this is just drywall. Got to fill it. <laughs> Apparently the mudding and the filling is like an art. Don't yeah. try at home. Yeah. So yeah. Chaos, but yeah. it's, it's good. It's fun. Good to work on things tangibly with your hands and see a project yeah. come to life um yeah so we i mean we've been you and i have been working together now for how many years has it been i think it's almost 10 because 10 yeah i was thinking it I was, was actually the gonna other say day. five or seven. <laughs> oh my god oh, mike you one That's of your weird. employees found me at a networking event and i gave them my card because you were trying to hire like a copywriter and that was 2014 so oh my god that is way too long. How the hell have you survived working with me for that long? <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> We're yeah. somehow still alive and still we've, together. Uh, we've been through a lot of ups and downs together. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Lots of highs and lows. It's, yeah. I, I think of us as like the mom and dad of Bookton. Yeah. Like we haven't got divorced yet. <laughs> yeah yeah kids are still hanging on yeah they're doing okay yeah it's it's come close a few times but we keep hanging on (laughs) some hours um yeah so we hired you as a copywriter and I remember that I remember you walking in like first time and meeting you and how I always wondered what and I'm not sure maybe we talked about this in the past but what what made you want to become a copywriter mostly it was I studied to be a journalist, and then all of those skills they teach you in college to write stories and go out there and get on to a newspaper. This is 2008 or 9 when I graduated. It was in the time of newspapers. People actually bought physical ones. They didn't even have a website, I don't think. Um. I've always kind of had my own little side businesses as a kid. And so I had these new skills from college, these, you know, entrepreneurial vibes, if that's a word for it. And then just the market was terrible. Um, Industries to get on as an intern was, you know, you, you don't get paid for a year and then your salary is like 20 grand. So I was hmm, that mm. doesn't sound great. I actually just really love really? computers and gaming and being a nerd. And we've always had a computer at home. So I took that and somehow merged it into like web design. But at the time, content wasn't a thing. So it's it was a very slow and weird process of taking what I like to do and just like mashing it all together into a ball of, yeah. you know, the internet, writing, working with people, being my own boss. Yeah. What do you like about writing? Writing, you know, it's funny. I don't even write too much anymore. I, I don't like trying to remember the last thing I wrote for myself personally I write but not like publishing mm-hmm. I like the, the way that you can just get your thoughts out and express yourself and I 
Yeah, it's more of a personal thing for me, I think. And that's that's likely why I didn't delve into writing a book or writing some kind of blog. I just never got there for me. I've always been a great writer, but I like to just write for other people and yeah, make money. That's <laughs> You know, a client work gets me going. Oh, these clients have such a cool story. I'll write up their website for them. Right. That's that's interesting to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you said that you, well, you don't write as much anymore because you've, we've required you to do like 50 different things over the last 10 years. Um, many of which, well, a lot of which required, right, your writing skills. Mm. And that's still foundationally. Yeah. I mean, in this day and age, it's critical to have people that can write in your organization. Because it's such a, it's an internet world and it's all about content, right? And, you mm. know, if you run a business, you know, you, you have to produce content in some form uh, because that's how people find you, right? That's how people mm. learn about you. So, yeah, the, it's, you meant- it's a handy skill. I don't know if it'll ever go away where right now the most interesting content people are always on TikTok and consuming videos and things like that. And I think that's great. And there's always still that aspect of what are you going to talk about? You're actually kind of scripting out and planning out your content. If you're a creator who's serious, who has partnerships and, and things like that, you have like a calendar and you fill it with ideas that's writing, but the medium has changed where video is more important and interesting yeah. now. Yeah, I find like they're both versions of content. And I don't certainly don't have a lot of experience with with video. It seems to me that approaching produ- the production of video content, there's a lot more acting in it. So the skill set, I think, is it involves the ability to act. Um, you, you you have to have that. So in the past, let's say you really needed writers and now you need actors, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in your company, really, because that's, you know, it's, yes, you need to know what to, your, your talking points, what to talk about, you know, but really you're acting, right? When you're shooting, producing a video, you're acting. Uh, so that that's a skill set that's emerging, you know, like mm. acting, acting skills are extremely important now to business. Uh, and written skills, same thing, right? Writing, I think, is always going to be important. Uh, I don't see that going away, but there's a different approach to writing, right? You're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. You're you're not an actor. You you get to sit and sort out your thoughts. You you put down a draft, and you revise that draft. There's a there's a totally different process to producing written content versus video content. Mm. Not to say there's. There's prep. There's a lot of preparation and work in both, but the skill sets are quite yeah. different. Yeah. You mentioned that you write in your writing. You don't write much anymore, and it's kind of more of a personal thing. And you, I think, you enjoy other aspects of your job and not just having to write. I mean, I know in our work life, you've never really had an interest in writing long form blog mm, posts. That's true. And there were times when I thought that was kind of odd. Like, well, how does a writer not want to write 
long form, right? But different types of writing are not, they're not all the same. And I, I know I remember having a musician friend who was, I think, very talented musician. And he, he and I always wondered, and he had a journalism degree and, and he went into journalism, but he did record an album Ooh. for, you know, at one point for by himself, but he, and he'd done, he, he'd work when he was young, he'd worked in lounges, just oh, yeah. money while he was traveling, like playing piano. Oh, nice. And I asked him one time, I said, well, why don't you, why, why, because he was pursuing, he's, he was from New Zealand. He was telling me he was pursuing a journalism degree. And I always wonder, like, you're so talented musically. Why wouldn't you pursue that? And he said, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing personally. And I, I feel like if I did it for money, it became my main source of income. I would lose the joy. Mm. and because then you have to sort of play and produce things that the market wants to hear and so on and so forth. And I just didn't want to do that. Um, I didn't want to take uh, it, into that area. So is that sort of kind of how you feel about writing? Um, kind of yes and no. I would say I relate to that story a lot because there's like the two forms of writing writing for yourself and writing for someone else for money right the writing for myself part i put it totally separate and it's not even a kind of thing i would publish it's like i'm just a really private person the things i write i write every day it's not like i don't write anymore but i just don't show anyone <laughs> um so that's my personal part of who i am and then copywriting is the reason why i got into that is because it's like helping people where a copywriter writes the taglines a home page a business script or a pitch, things like that. I'm entirely removed. So I get to pretend to be that brand. And, you know, one of the first websites that I did was at a company called Tactica in Winnipeg. It was, it was like agricultural wheat, some kind of service. It's This is yeah like 15 years ago I forget what they were called but the (laughs) site was really interesting to me because you get to learn about the industry speak with the client figure out what makes them different and it's almost like interviewing for a newspaper you know in my internship days you would interview someone get to know their story write it down and tell it to the world and that's cool I'm completely removed the journalist you're trained to be unbiased impartial unless you're an editorialist which is you're putting your opinion in I like telling other people's stories so when it comes to copywriting that's it's almost like a feature story but it's a client who's hiring you and paying you way more than a newspaper that would for me it was like I needed money to pay my student loans. <laughs> so I thought, okay, newspapers, working in websites, I think one's paying triple. So I'll just go that way. I yeah. love I love websites. <laughs> it's awesome. So telling stories over here, it's the same as over there. Yeah, it's, it's funny how money is, you know, as yeah. much as we can pretend that, oh, it's not all about the money. I mean, money's important, yeah. right? Yeah. So- you mentioned your entrepreneurial, you're an entrepreneur, your time with Booked In, you've basically been an entrepreneur the entire time because you've been right there with me trying to figure out how to run this business. Mm. Made me realize that entrepreneurs 
exist inside companies just as much as they do running companies. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. So, so I think you're 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 definitely one of those. You it's know, kind of like um, in your blood. You just can't get rid of. Yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet you, you were know? like that too at, at your old jobs because you kind of had that same knack where you worked at job jobs in the past. Did it feel the same way for you when you worked as like an employee in your old life? Yeah, I I was unfortunately for my employers never a great employee. Uh like I should I I always did the job really well. Uh and I took pride in doing it. I just could care less about the authority, the structure. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I yeah, unfortunately I wasn't the most uh you know a good subordinate let's say oh um, yeah and that's that was kind of my wake-up call I when I worked a rest like you know I I always as soon as I felt I could do something better I didn't you know I just wanted to do it better you know and I, I didn't want to just sit and do my job mm. so that that's kind of what it, it it kind of the freedom was really what this journey for me is all about mm. uh, you know the last job I had which was 2002 mm -hmm. uh i basically left because they tried to give me a raise a very good one uh 15 raise or something like that after being there for a year and i knew i was really good at my job and i said well that's not enough i need a lot more and then it was just this massive process to try to get a what i felt i was worth and i had a very solid uh, argument but you know i understand mm -hmm. now the game they were playing because i'm on the other side so i understand why their approach was the way they approached it but for me it just didn't work and I remember sitting with the CEO and he was stating his case well you know we can't give you this but you know how about this and in my head I just right there made decision I'm out of here like I'm gone yeah. I didn't say it I just ended up agreeing that sure sounds good and I remember him pausing like I well are you sure because he, he just saw a total change yeah he knew an attitude with yeah. me <laughs> I was like, sure, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. And in my Bye. head, I was going, I'm out of here. Because, and it wasn't because I didn't like him or the company or anything. It was a great company. But it just hit me that for me, look like, oh my God, I had, look at the amount of effort I had to put in. Yeah, I just, I didn't like the shackles, you know? Mm -hmm. And and it was for me, I just knew, I, or that was the moment I knew I had to go and just do my own thing. So um, Unshackled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, having the freedom to do, to sort of follow and do what I now, what I didn't know at the time is that comes with a lot of other work that you don't see. <laughs> so yeah. you do have shackles. They're just different shackles. That's all. Um, so it's kind of the shackles, you know, you choose, right. That you're, you're willing to wear. <laughs> <laughs> that's so the ones true. You're not willing to wear. It's so true. I, I went through the same thing as an employee at my old job and then I'm going freelance and things are going to be amazing. I've got all these contacts, but the authority aspect of like my boss, I don't have a boss anymore. I'm my own boss. Woo. However, then your clients become your shackles and you serve them. And eventually I became like, I just got used to it and realized okay this is it is what it is the sh the shackles you choose is a great way of putting yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> control mean, side of it yeah yeah exactly it's the, the what do they say the 
the devil you're willing to dance with type of thing, right? <laughs> so, what were some of your other, I remember, I know secret, I remember secret handshake was a big thing and I kind of want you to talk about that. Was, were there any other entrepreneurial things that you had done previous to that? I remember at one point you telling me in school you were doing entrepreneurial things or something. Um, well, as a, like a kid, just your standard kid stuff, like lemonade stand, like crafts, um, necklaces that I would sell at farmer's markets, things like that. Ever since I could talk, I was doing something. Yeah. Just kid stuff for, I guess when I got a job, I think my first job was when I was 14, got into restaurants the service industry waitressing and bartending that was had that kind of entrepreneurial vibe because you could provide really good service and make better tips than other waitresses and waiters and so that was kind of fun because you could just hustle and you know sell and you know upsell people get their bill higher and then like the money aspect is fun when you're young like that if you're 25 and making money you just it's exciting. That's, I think there's all those. You were, you were a waitress things. at 14? Uh, no, I started as a dishwasher. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't think I was allowed to waitress till your alcohol service license oh, okay, thing yeah. kicks in, like 18. <laughs> that would be funny. A little 14 year old. Like, <laughs> yeah. Double Jack and Coke. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No problem. Okay. What's that? <laughs> Jack doesn't work here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you go in the back. Who's Jack? <laughs> yeah. Is there someone Jack back here? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Talk about secret handshake. Cause I always thought that was something amazing that you had created here in Winnipeg. Yeah, that was really fun. Those are very fond memories. I wish I could go back sometimes. We had just so many good people. Uh, so when I moved back to Winnipeg, I was studying overseas and then I came back and I just kind of missed having all my college buddies and my industry peeps. I, I didn't have those people because I didn't go to Red River. I was coming in fresh and it's like, oh man, where do people hang out? And I asked around, there's nothing. <laughs> so uh, a couple friends uh, at the time we started talking about it. We're like, well, let's just start a meetup and I don't know, see if anyone shows up. And it ended up turning into, like, we ran it for like four or five years, once a month. We would meet just at a pub and everyone would have their creative angle. It was kind of loose, but the secret handshake was creative entrepreneurs. So we had people like in film, in interactive website building, uh, lots of web developers, graphic designers, photographers, all those kind of creative types would hang out and just hang out at the pub once a month and most were self-employed so people came like religiously because it was their friday beer night they didn't have because they didn't have like an office job or work friends those became your work friends it was very fun a lot of people that was a meetup before meetups became a thing right 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it was early days. The meetup site itself, like meetup.com, we used that almost the whole oh, okay, time. Okay. So it was pretty early on. I'm pretty sure days. I went to a secret handshake event at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Well, that's where I met your employee who I gave the business Melissa? card to. It was, well, I knew Melissa already. It was someone else. Okay. Anyway, I can't remember. But they said, yeah, my boss needs a copywriter. Can <laughs> yeah. I get your card? I'm like, sure. Here you go. That but was... I find that that's, that's one of the defining things about entrepreneurs or about people who is they convert an idea they imp they implement ideas many people dream and have ideas oh it'd be nice to do this or that or whatever but if they're not entrepreneurs they don't really pursue implementing those ideas where mm. entrepreneurs have an idea i'm like oh i'm gonna build this i'm gonna you know and then they just they they just go into action plan right and building it and making it a reality so yeah it's like the old uh booked in wireframes that, that have still to this day held yeah. up tell tell us about those the, uh, when did you start those i want 2010 9 10 i had the idea to do booked in and i sat for i don't know but three to six months just drafting out wireframes to way too much detail <laughs> but we still me. use them. but i literally designed the whole which of which like 30 percent has been built still to this day oh yeah so it was kind of way overzealous um but yeah that was that was a that was a lot of fun i talked to a few people in the industry that you know hair salons and massage people who ran massage businesses and you know just talking to them about appointment scheduling and so yeah that was it was fun that to me the designing the creative designing aspect of software is probably the funnest part uh, that's why when I don't have a lot of time to spend in product I I don't really enjoy my job um, that's the part that I find the most fun hmm. but yeah yeah that was the old wireframes and pull those out every few years and yeah. yeah. Why I bring them up, though, is because you're talking about that action. You know, a lot of people come up with ideas. Oh, it'd be nice. Wouldn't we should do this? Oh, our town really needs this. but They'll never do it. You have to have the blood of an entrepreneur. You just <laughs> genetically you go out and just do it. And you did it. And that's why it, we're here today. I think we just like to alter reality. <laughs> like well, mad scientists you know that's how all progress is made right you have a thought or a human has a thought and they just want to somehow move some molecules around atoms to alter the state of reality and they're gonna build a home or build a city or fly to mars or you know or yeah whatever right like um what let's want to talk about mental health there's been a lot of ups and downs in the time that we've worked together. I'm sure you've, as most people, career journeys and life journeys, there's, there's always ups and downs. What were some of the, and, and, 
you know, just to the degree that you feel like discussing, uh, what were some of the really challenging parts of working on a startup in the last few years? Um, you know, low points, if, if you have any, and uh, how did you deal with that? Probably the biggest challenge the entire time is um, like managing expectations where, you know, you're the founder and it's very small business and we're trying to move forward the, probably the biggest challenge is what to expect. Like, we're going to do this. What's going to happen as a result? You're predicting the future. Is it, you know, we launched a new logo uh, a couple of years ago. What What is that really going to do for us? How do you measure that? Some things are actually impossible to measure. Some are much easier where, you know, a page view, a uh, click, those are so easy to measure in marketing digitally it's it's getting easier to measure mental health wise the impact is is really just stress i think cuz things inevitably move forward and then we've gotten to a lot of arguments you and i over the past yeah. and you like break me over the coals for things and sometimes i don't have an answer and it's like, <laughs> Well, fuck's sakes, Mike, we agreed to do this yeah. and now you're mad. I don't, ah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think, a personal communication challenge between you and I, really. What caused the most of my, my like mental health stressors, I do recognize, like, this is just work. Work is stressful. Mm -hmm. It's nothing personal. Everyone I talk to has these exact same challenges. So, it's just startup life. <laughs> yeah. You just you just do it and you got to focus though on on the good I find where you, I try to look back and see what we've built and see all our happy customers and see like profits are getting better and the the positives are what do it for me and and the life I've been able to build on the side like working for you I make money to like pay my bills and I can just look around. I was able to move. You have been super flexible. Quite a few times. I've moved a few times. <laughs> I like moving. <laughs> but the thing yeah. was like in That's a great that's a great thing about having remote work, right? Is you're no longer you your your kind of personal life and work life can don't need to be chained together, right? Like yeah. You don't have to give up your job to move to a city that you'd like to live in, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Take exactly. your job with you wherever you go. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's why I'm still around to a large degree because my family, my husband wanted to go to school in a different province and we left. And you yeah. you were like, "Okay, cool. See you yeah. on Monday on whatever video platform we used at you, the time <laughs> you could work from mars for all i for all i care yeah um it's, a, it's good that way <laughs> as long as there's wi-fi on mars yeah. Um, yeah i think the focus is for me like, the ups and downs are really hard and it's it's a very demanding industry it's lots of competition but focus for me is so important focusing on the good and the positive and that just i believe that the way you think is so important for how your life turns out. Yeah, 
Have you ever taken or done any cognitive behavioral therapy stuff? Like I've taken two course, two two courses through my life. I, you might, no, I haven't, but you, no? I think you even sent me the links yeah. to them one time and I just didn't do them. It's, it's amazing stuff. Cause it, it's exactly what you just said, which is, it gives you a framework for using your cognitive power <laughs> to reframe your thoughts in yes. a different way so that they, the, their effect doesn't impact your emotions and behaviors in a negative way so um so yeah i it's not a it's not necessarily about positive thinking um i'm not big on positive thinking mm. uh however objective thinking and balanced thinking makes sense to me mm. and maybe that's the same thing as positive thinking to other people but you know it's it's not always positive but if you can say to yourself well you know, let's say something really stressful is going on, being overrun with thoughts like, am I going to lose my job? Am I, you know, and thinking positively would be like, you know, oh, no, you know, I'm sure my boss is super nice. He'd never fire me, you know, they're, you know, just maybe that works for some people. But for me, it's more about, well, you know, what's, the likelihood of like just statistically thinking about that or you know even if it happened of course I could find another job it wouldn't be the end of the world so just framing it differently and sort of it's like it's like uh disarming a bomb right yeah it's it's you have this thought that's like causing anxiety and it's just you go in with you 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 sort of force yourself to really question that thought and by doing so you disarm the bomb Mm. You disarm the and that that thoughts power over your emotion right yeah so i don't know if that's kind of more or less <laughs> what you do or but that's that's i think in some way what cognitive behavioral therapy is is yeah. just using thoughts to i i um, liked sorry i liked what you said about you no know, positive thinking that phrase i think is just so overused it doesn't do it doesn't explain it properly positive thinking is almost like delusional it's more about rational the disarming i think i do do that where i if i have an anxious thought i i I, I think like Mm -hmm. why am i anxious about this where is that coming from Mm -hmm. is it a childhood trauma is it something unconscious or conscious that is happening is it something else that's unrelated that I'm just like sleep? We were talking about sleep earlier today. Sometimes it's as simple as just sleeping, <laughs> get a good yeah. night's sleep. And then the next day is a new day and it doesn't fucking matter anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, that was just yeah. late night anxiety. I I tend to get it more in the night than in the day. So I've learned to teach myself like, oh, it's 10 p.m. and you're worrying about something. Just go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then the next day, oftentimes it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that I do you remember any particular like moments where things were really tough, like lows, and how did you sort of deal with that? Like in life. 
Uh, yeah, life. Yeah, I'm just, you know, just curious for anyone that's listening, you know, hearing other people's experiences and being through low points uh, and how you dealt with it and how you came out of that scenario and kind of resumed regular life eventually, right? Sometimes it happens quickly. Sometimes it takes a while. But what were the keys to kind of coming out of that? Uh, I think is beneficial to hear other people's stories because it there's no magic formula to it, mm. right? Yeah, depends there's... on the person, depends on the scenario. Yeah, I think it's it really does depend on the scenario, the person, the time, and but stories help me like hearing other people's struggles and how they came through stuff is just helps to hear that and think oh, okay if that person saw the other side then I'll probably be fine too um it's hard for me to reflect back because things are really good right now things yeah. are very chill it's summer yeah. um the the recent most recent stressor would be like gutting our house oh, we had right. yeah we had we got this it's like a shack in the middle of nowhere height some, of you kind of took some time off right to, to to deal with that uh yes yeah that was helpful what happened was the house it had like a mold problem in the attic mm. condensation and then it was like gathering on the inside of the roof and it was turn, turning into mold everyone in the house got sick we didn't know why all over winter and we all thought we were going crazy and then we go up in the attic we're like oh okay there it is <laughs> but uh it was such a long-term process to get better to go on like supplements and detox oh. your whole body and then gut the house and get all of these quotes from contractors and find money to do it and just so that open the window stress of kind of you know you're continuously sort of breathing it in while you're or whatever right like you're living in it and potentially yeah yeah. it was hard to see the end as well because it's not common what the symptoms are i had a friend who i confided in i was really embarrassed because if you live in a moldy house it's embarrassing (laughs) But I, she's from Secret Handshake too. She's like, that happened to me, and I got really sick from it. All of a sudden, I'm not alone. And we just talked through it, and she shared some things that really helped her. And what were some of the, if you don't, and you don't have to share if you're not comfortable. But I'm curious, what were some of the symptoms? Oh, um, it's all your entire body reacts because your immune system starts to like Mm. it's it affects your immune system so for some people their symptoms are different than others but um i was tested for arthritis joint pain my elbows okay Okay. uh nosebleeds depression dizzy uh one the worst day ever i forgot left from right like you know, on your taps, hot and cold. Yeah, I couldn't. I was like, I don't know which one's hot, and I was like, what? No. 
this is so bad. Um, so that was probably the worst day. And my husband came home. I don't know which is left and which is right. I have my wedding ring. Yeah. And I forgot what hand it goes on. Wow. It was it was crazy. And how did you arrive that it was a mold problem? Like, how did you eventually figure that out? Uh, I think it was God because I was in my room, bedroom, and we're renovating all the time. This is a very old house. I had no clue there was molt going on. I thought my pillow was dusty. My eyes were watering in my sleep, just pouring water, sniffling. I'm just like, I'll just wash my pillow. So the whole time, I'm maybe a month into getting sick, two months. Anyway, long story. I'm in my bedroom and there's these like edges along the ceiling molding, you know, there's like a trim and it had a little gap in it. It's like, oh, wouldn't it look nice if it had like some caulking to smooth it out? It'd look pretty. And I go up there in my ladder and I'm and I get up close and I see a little spot. I ripped off the board. Mold all over my right where I sleep so um it was just yeah like divine intervention I wouldn't have found it otherwise but you yeah. noticed a crack yeah I was just up there doing like cosmetic yeah just fun little wow. project and yeah. there it was <laughs> <laughs> so then we started wow. ripping down the yeah the boards and then up in the attic and then it was like, oh, wow, wow. trauma, trauma. Oh, I'm getting yeah. all uh, rattled up just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can. Yeah. When we moved into our house, I remember we did a test for mold because oh, yeah. my Christy, my wife, was quite concerned as well because it's an old house and we, mm. we don't have water leaking, but because we spent a pile of money kind of sealing our foundation when we first moved in because i mm. i mean we we live in an area that has uh well in a city and in an area that you know foundations and leakage is, is a common right and yeah so, super I mean, common there's that's you know hot hotbed for mold right if you have moisture coming in so anyway but yeah i remember my wife being concerned about that so we went and got some tests and oh no 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 that was for radon sorry Oh, okay yeah yeah i don't think we ever did test for mold we should do that actually yeah the mold tests are kind of scammy like it's yeah. more of a visual thing unless you have you could get me to just come in your house and sniff around because i'm sensitive to it now oh really <laughs> i'll just come and be your mold tester it would yeah. be to the point where i would enter a room and my eye would start to itch and now i'm all better but like yeah. If you're not feeling it, if Christy or the kids aren't feeling like symptoms and you don't have leaks, probably fine. Just check under your sinks. Do you have radiators? Those like old yeah, yeah, we heater do. things. I, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't. Seen, I mean, we've we've done some renos and stuff. I've never found any. So probably fine. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's good. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, coming out of that. Did things start to get better immediately when you discovered what the problem was? Was was a lot of the mental strain and kind of caused by the fact that you didn't know what was going on? 
I think so. I think so. I thought I was just going nuts because there were the doctors testing me for arthritis for they did all these blood tests. And the only thing that showed up on blood tests was minor inflammation. Mm. And I remember going in for the blood test at the blood test clinic. I caught COVID. <laughs> so the day I had my follow-up was on zoom and I was like awfully sick like COVID sick very very probably the worst sick I've ever been and and I was like great (laughs) should have just stayed home um I'm kind of rambling here now yeah at as soon as I knew what it was yeah. yeah everything got lighter and then I knew oh okay I just have to like get fresh air, open the windows. We have to renovate. That's going to take time, but charcoal activated charcoal, uh, vitamin pills. They like suck it out of your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. They really, really helped just knowing what was going on. It's night and day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's wow. That's quite a story, (laughs) but you've, you've, I, you know, I remember there was, there were other times through, you know, work-related stresses and stuff. And you've, you've, you're very resilient. I, I, I find, you know, certainly I remember you being affected by stress, let's say uh, like heavily at certain points, but you know, you always were resilient and you never sort of, you would eventually at a few points, you would sort of take time to deal with it. Uh, And I think, that's critical for anybody to realize when they just need to mm. step away, take time, right. Yeah. To just deal with what's going on. Um, but, you know, you were always sort of resilient in that, you know, coming back, resuming life, you know, that sort of thing was seemed to always be <laughs> kind of the thing you, and, and I, I think for me, and, and that's always been key as well is, is to see everything as, a hurdle, an obstacle, no matter how big it is, as opposed to a wall, you know? Mm. I like um, that. You know, there's, I think that's a mentality towards life that, that you can develop slowly, even if maybe you don't have it. And I see sort of people on a, Mm. it's a continuum, right? Some, some see everything as a wall. Some see everything as minor hurdles. And then, you know, 90, 90% of people are somewhere in between. I find you can definitely change, change like some of that. I prize probably genetic. I imagine, like most things are, uh, but you you definitely have some control over you know moving <laughs> on that scale. And uh, I think, I think if you're on the end of everything as a wall, you, mm. there's definitely a lot of uh, just by adapting a different approach and even telling yourself that this isn't a wall, this is a hurdle, you know, it might be a high mm-hmm. hurdle. <laughs> yeah, a really wall looking hurdle, scale, you know, spend some energy scaling this hurdle, a hurdle that's made of bricks, but it's not like a wall. A wall. It's right. Not a wall. And even walls, you can walk around, right? So mm. yeah, I, I think getting back to and I know, I've had family members who have had serious mental health challenges as well and i remember talking to professionals uh, about that and uh to to get back to 
regular activities regular life like go oh, back yeah. to work like Routine. this idea of of you know oh don't staying away from work staying away from regular life things for too long isn't beneficial like you 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 kind of just need to resume regular things even if you don't feel still don't feel great you know what i mean like mm. because it's the act and the behavior resuming them that actually is therapy you need to be around people you need to be involved yeah, with things otherwise you just you, you kind of just sit and and ruminate <laughs> ruminate yeah that was mm. the word, word i was looking for yeah, i've done that before that's usually when my trigger when i know that uh oh <laughs> the rumination is starting to uh starting to take over you know i need to just move yeah I need to get back to you know like i don't really have really lengthy periods like that because i you know i'm generally up but yeah there's definitely when you have you know bad days bad yeah, weeks for sure everyone goes through that for sure yeah but it's the key rumination isn't inherently like bad you can ruminate just don't do it for a week yeah I, a I year <laughs> I, I think reflecting can be beneficial ruminating i'm not convinced yet how mm. beneficial that is <laughs> yeah there's a difference between reflecting and ruminating but that's true that's true for me i remember there was one point work related and it was early on when we had a really bad month in sales that i i personally never been through a uh kind of because i work off projections and i there were there's a period where because we didn't have a lot of money and we were you know obviously trying to grow so everything was getting reinvested and so the cash you know it, it kind of like for lack of a better word you, your business is kind of living paycheck to paycheck almost where yeah. you don't have a lot like a, a large cash reserve and so you're just kind of hoping that your your projections aren't too off because otherwise if they're too off then you're all of a sudden two three months down the road you're out of money oh my god what am i gonna do right there yeah i definitely didn't uh those are early days that I still hadn't learned some very important things about running a business. So we had, I remember we had a month or a couple of months, one month especially, that the sales really dropped. I don't even remember why, but uh, I, I think we hadn't really understood seasonality yet of our of our business and all that. Mm. Anyway, and so and also the way I did projections wasn't great. My wife pointed it out because we would talk once in a while about you know, the business and stuff. And she, she has this amazing ability. She doesn't really want to deal with my business, but <laughs> we have these meetings every three months where we review and she'll always like, like quite often she would come in. It's that outsider's perspective that, you know, I don't really care about what you're doing, but here's what I see. And mm. sometimes that's so valuable for someone oh, who's yeah. not like in the trenches, battling, yeah. battling, because you lose perspective, right? It's really easy to lose perspective yeah um, like the forest through the trees right so that's so always, valuable like having always, an advisor yeah yeah she's my advisor so she would once in a while point out these these important things and i remember going through that and showing her i'm like oh my god you know we had a really bad month and so now that changes my projection projections and oh my god we're gonna be running out of money in a few months and what's kind of blah, blah blah and she's like well looks at my projections she's like why are you doing your projections this way like it doesn't seem right she's like if you have obviously there's going to be variations every month you're not going to get it right so it seems the way you're doing projections that when there's a minor variation it has this massive automatic impact on 
the rest of your year and mm-hmm. that just doesn't seem right and she was right <laughs> and so but I had such bad panic like I literally I this is the first time I ever had a panic attack I remember mm-hmm. going to bed my heart racing I my mind was just falling down an abyss oh my god it's all over mm-hmm. business isn't going to survive I'm going to have to let people go you know, I, I, and, and I felt I had such good people. How will I ever get such a good team back? You know, all this, like just my mind just, just ran away and mm. was full on panic attack. Couldn't sleep. I'd never experienced that before because you hadn't experienced it. You don't sort of really know where is this going? Yeah. Even <laughs> and, in the, did you know you were having a panic attack in the moment no, or, or no, you were just like, no, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, this is what it is. I just okay. was experiencing it. And then later, you know, thankfully, I had already for quite a long time, you know, been doing meditation and breathing exercises and all of these things uh, to manage my bipolar for many years. And so I had those tools. And so that's the only thing I knew. So I sort of applied those the next day and they kind of helped reset. But, you know, then talked to my wife and then she kind of helped me to understand that to reframe it kind of she helped me sort of in a cognitive behavioral way to kind of reframe my thinking. And it sort of came out of that and everything was fine. It like in retrospect really wasn't a big deal at all. And I still look back to that event and go, wow, like how could that have affected me so intensely? Hmm. And I've been through probably way more like in my life, seemingly traumatic things that never affected me like that. But this seemingly trivial thing just set me off to the point where I thought I was going to die. Like it was Mm. so odd reflecting on that thinking, why that, why did that trigger that? Right. So anyway, yeah. So, but I was, it's one of the, like, I I believe that struggles are gifts and it's one of the greatest, like, and the greater the struggle, the greater the gift, because you, you have this immense opportunity to, to learn something super deep about yourself and about life and stuff and and that's what that's what I came out of that with was I I think if I could put it into really simple terms the realization was it was just a panic attack Mm. that's it end of story yeah it wasn't some special case some life thing that caused you to have it 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 just happened it just happened and it was a reaction Mm. and you learned that there's like like exactly what you had said just a little while ago that there's tomorrow and tomorrow will be different (laughs) and you know likely this will not persist forever i will not be in a state of panic attack for the rest of my life now 35 years right so Mm-hmm. why did why did I say 35 you're 35 uh, <laughs> it's true no but um and this too yeah, shall pass it, that's an old phrase and that's probably the greatest learning I got out of that was you know that I pl- have applied going forward when things have happened where I've and I've had moments where I've had probably have had other anxiety where like I get sort of mild anxiety feelings here and there now like mm-hmm. you know like like gotten really busy in the last few like with with mm. kids and you know the the just the length of running the business and all of that like it's pretty anyway I guess it's mindfulness in a way where just that just slowly over time using the tools of breathing and meditation and all that you just kind of slowly 
learn to detach from what's happening inside. You know, you, you learn, mm. you realize that you're not your feelings. Um, you're not your thoughts mm -hmm. it happen. It's just shit that happens inside the, the casing. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever, like, right. And you just know that, oh, okay, well, right now I'm feeling very angry or frustrated or <laughs> maybe sad or super joyous. And yeah, I'm just on a particular wave at this moment and the waves <laughs> constantly change and fluctuate. Right. And yeah, just happens. Right. Did mm -hmm. you, do you find through your experiences, like how has your perspective changed over time with respect to dealing with, because they say, as you get older in general, you gain perspective, right? Like that's one of the, the elders, right? Like, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, I think I'm maybe like five years behind you on that one. I, uh, so please impart more of your wisdom on <laughs> yeah. me where some in the moment of things being really hectic. Yeah. I'm slowly starting to learn that it's just life and life happens. Other people can have terrible moods around you and don't let that ruin your day. For example, um, just things happen and tomorrow is a new yeah. day so i'm i'm like a baby in my walk with that yeah. i'm just sort of starting to live it through my day to day you've taught me something that i've i've used quite often since you've taught it to me which is always assume positive intent or oh yeah don't don't assume negative intent i i guess is the the sibling of that Hmm. um that's that a handy very, one yeah that was that's you told me that and that was I found that very powerful because it's true I use it all the time still yeah yeah, yeah. with other people as well just because yeah. I'm the kind of person who like just thinks that everyone else is a perfectionist but they're not and other people's opinions and Things like that used to drive me a lot where I I think too much about other people in a sense. So mm -hmm. and and then you get in your own head a little too much if you go down that path and people aren't thinking that deeply about things. They're not, not going out of you. their way to like <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, people are generally everyone's generally just trying to deal with the storm that's going on inside them, not really yeah like life super is super so immersed hectic. in what's happening and you know i find i'm quick to judge uh, and i i don't share the common day perspective of judging is bad and you shouldn't judge i, I think that's i think that's a wave that will pass because mm. it's, it's ridiculous mm -hmm. judging is so so vital to survival and it's so automatic and we do it all the time, regardless of whether we want to believe it or not, um, because it's critical to survive. Oh, it's, it is. It's purely even on a safety aspect. If you're walking down a street in the middle of a city and you look down an alleyway and there's something sketchy going on, you don't go down that alleyway. You right. Keep going. You don't make eye contact. You go. That's a quick judgment. That's judgment. Common sense. Judgment is so important for yeah any many you know things. any judgment is natural mm -hmm. and so to feel ashamed I think about 
being judgmental or judging is ridiculous because that's like being ashamed of feeling fearful. You can't help it. It's a, it's a part of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and of course, dealing with fear is a thing and how fears impact you and, and then that's separate, but feeling, but there's, there's absolutely zero logical reasoning to feel ashamed of feeling fearful. Like in my opinion, there is for being judgmental mm. because it's, it's automatic. It's something we do because we're humans. <laughs> so <laughs> now for me, the exercise has always been how you use that judgment, right? And and what you apply it to and how you apply and what you do with it uh, is really uh, the thing that can be beneficial. Um, like anything, how you use fear as well can be, you can you can you, fear is a lot of energy and you can, if you learn to harness that, you could, you could utilize fear. And many people do to motivate themselves, you know, how you use that energy, how you use that. I'm a person that likes to read people. So when I meet people, I generally take a read on them and I make a decision about who they are and given their behaviors or how they talk or whatever, this is likely what they're like. And it's not super accurate, especially when you don't know them well and you're judging it based off of one conversation or one thing they said or whatever taken, you know, maybe somewhat or largely out of context. But I do it anyway, because that's what I do. If I have to work with that person, or if I have to do something with that person, or if I know somebody that's going to interact with that person and, or conversely, understanding that description that I formed about this person is based off of very little information. Therefore, it's very likely largely inaccurate, helps me to be very objective about not to feel bad about how I painted this person, but also to understand that there's a very large degree, likely, statistically, probability wise, very large degree of error in terms of so I don't know if that really answered your question very well, but uh, I know. it's like first impressions help. Yeah. I went through a period of feeling, I think, ashamed about being so judgmental because I am that way naturally. It's been immensely helpful. Like in HR recruiting, I, I find that my judgments are, my reads are over time get pretty damn accurate. Like I don't know how many times we've hired people. I mean, you've been through this process right alongside with me where there's been red <laughs> flags and we've ignored people. them and eventually they <laughs> should have listened to them, you know, and it's like happened yeah. so much where over time you, and, but that's counteractive, right? Because you, or even just to give one another chance, like, Oh, I get a good feeling about this person. They haven't proven themselves yet, but let's give them a little more time. Yeah, we just hired them. This person, give them three months. But other times, it's like, oh, this person's been with us two weeks, and I can already tell. So maybe that's actually a better example. You asked me for an example. Mm. Is in recruiting, if you are a judgmental person, and over, and instead of being ashamed of that, you you've actually learned to hone that power and be and use it as a positive. It's really helpful and applicable in the hiring process because it's it's really painful and detrimental to a business 
if you can't hire very well, like if you're just off a lot, because it's it's painful to bring people on, spend a bunch of time and realize six months later that it's not the right fit or it's not the right person and, and then have to re go back and redo. It. I mean, it's it's super costly, painful and very counterproductive. So if you have that capability, that strong judgment, that sense of and you and you're and you're confident in it and you there's no way you can be confident about something if you feel ashamed of it. Mm. So you have to get rid of that, right? Be confident in it. And it can be hugely beneficial, right? Like just sometimes it's all there on paper on the resume and, you know, the the the, the candidate may seem perfect, but you just have that feeling like, I don't know, I don't like how they talk about this or I don't like yeah. how... Oh, like you that know, one the red guy. Flags. And over time, you just learn to not question that judgment. Go, you know what? It's a quick judgment. You don't know this person. Yeah, sure, you, you can sort of. Yeah, there's the benefit. Tell of yourself doubt thing. and give them the benefit of the doubt. But I if think you're I confident to... in your in your in your ability to judge. It's actually detrimental to be giving too much benefit of the doubt and not listening to your judgment. I agree. There's a an example that comes to mind, we were recruiting, I was doing the first round, and you hadn't yet been brought in, I was like presenting top four candidates to you. So as I'm going through this first round, I believe I mentioned this to you in the past, it would have been nice to have your judgmentalness for this one candidate, because they interviewed so well, they had all of these great examples their portfolio it was a performance marketing role where the statistics and and results were very important everything was so beautiful so slick I didn't see it but then the next day this person uh, I didn't know that it was the same person at the time in our support someone in our support emailed like our support person uh, a very lewd reply saying like fuck you guys go to hell i hate you kind of thing like two lines of just horrible crass stuff to our direct support person like hmm. they they brought it up to me saying like this happened like what do i do with this <laughs> one of our customers said this horrible thing and then i looked at the email address that's the candidate who was interviewing it's like wow and I called them out on it and said, like, listen, like, we just got this, this thing, like, I didn't say anything, like, I was on the phone with them. And I said, this came into our support inbox from your email. And here's what it said. And I gave them the floor and they denied it. And then the next day, they confessed and said, actually, that was me, blah, 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 my wife divorced me big sob story but anyway long story short it was it's just I didn't see it at the onset the the red flag that came up just out of nowhere I didn't I didn't pick up any red flags at all until this like support email came through so oh yeah well I wonder if I sometimes there are no sometimes there are no red flags like I mean, <laughs> the email, they the email was a red flag. <laughs> yeah, I think they sabotaged themselves. It wasn't an yeah. accident. They must have. 
and it wasn't it was just so strange I can't ever forget that story yeah I guess I wondered if I would have picked up on it if I was more judgmental maybe I don't know yeah Um, I, I I think it's I think it's it I think the concept of mindfulness and I've started studying it and practicing mindful things every day I think that's what it's taught me. And one of the greatest things I heard, I, t- I took mindfulness-based stress reduction course with my wife mm. uh, a couple of, two, three years ago or so, maybe. Yeah. It was during COVID. And it was fantastic. I would recommend that course to anybody. It is f- a phenomenal course. Uh, and they go through, you know, it's a, it's a really deep teaching of what mindfulness is all about. And as part of that, they talk about sort of the seven sources of suffering and you know you naturally relate to some of them more than others maybe others kind of don't aren't sort of something that comes up a lot in your life but the one that comes up for me is striving so striving can be a source of suffering Mm. doing this course I immediately being judgmental I saw all of these things as oh you know striving shouldn't I shouldn't strive like that's I'm judging, right? And so striving isn't good. Oh my God, what am I going to like? So part of me was kind of like, oh, what am I, how am I going to, I'm going to suffer forever because I strive, you know, and I love striving for things. And so I guess I'm locked into suffering forever. And it was like a part of me that was kind of like a little bit depressed about learning that. But what I realized later, someone else in the industry, uh, a wellness coach, I had talked to him about this at one point. And he looked at me and said, well, striving isn't, better than not striving and i'm like what what do you mean it's like well that's not the point of that lesson is it's not that one is better than the other it's just a recognition of the areas that it's all about balance right and it's all about just being aware there's no force that's purely and you can't avoid suffering life is suffering no you can't av- I, well people I who try a- to avoid you can't suffering avoid struggle but you can't you can 100 avoid suffering um that's and you're a bubble boy you just sit and do nothing (laughs) well that yeah it goes i just i i just am the complete mindset of like avoiding stress and avoiding suffering is not the kind of life i would i would choose some people feel better that way but suffering is different than struggle and it's different than stress it's mm-hmm. suffering is how you interpret struggle and you, how you interpret stress and negative or positive things. Mm-hmm. That's the source of suffering. Um, if you follow sort of Buddhist teachings and philosophies, that's the central tenet of, of that philosophy is all suffering is caused by our worrying and continuous pursuit of positive or positive feelings and trying to diminish or get rid of struggle. And it's when you accept all of it and learn to detach from that is when you can eliminate suffering. Right. So Mm. it's, you have to sort of, if it's new, you have to take a little bit of time to sort of embrace and read about, but that's probably for me, the central philosophy that I, and and the thing I always try to work on is through using tools like meditation, like is to learn to not look at things as good or bad, 
mm. bad or you know evil or good they all have a good or bad evil again and, and learning to just sort of detach and let things happen and let feelings come and go and and not sort of be uh it is you can you have control over suffering full control mm. um anyway that's that doesn't that also doesn't mean that you you can again beat yourself up about oh i'm still suffering therefore i'm not doing good enough <laughs> that's, yeah, that's missing not, the point as well that's missing the point for sure but it's... i think it's the understanding of where suffering comes from and what the source of suffering is and when you i think my in, in at least my understanding and it's you know everybody has a different perspective but my understanding is that it can be controlled and with enough work if you chose to dedicate your entire life to eliminating suffering you could do it um now whether yeah it's a journey right life's a journey so it's like that meme of the little it's like a cartoon dog and he's drinking his coffee and his house is on fire and he goes this is fine yeah it's a mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could get a exactly. new house. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, routines. Do you have specific routines that help you maintain kind of mental, your mental health? stabilize your mental health mm. time wise uh, definitely i have routines they're very loose and flowy just to open up time it's not very stringent so working my own hours completely unlocks that so i sleep i get up the time doesn't really matter. I do have an alarm, but sometimes I sleep at whatever. I have dogs too, so they need to get up and eat and run around. But routine-wise for mental health, one thing that I think, well, I guess a list of things I think are really helpful for me, fresh air, going outside. Um, I have a gratitude journal. Every day I write five things oh, I'm grateful cool. for. I try every day. I have this one book and I keep re-going in, writing in the little corners from front to back. I think I've been through it three times, maybe four or five years now. And it's not even the book itself or it's just the act of like acknowledging things I'm grateful for in the morning really helps me to just have a good mood. Sometimes I wake up in a great mood. Some days I wake up in a terrible mood. Despite it all, I write in this thing. I find when I'm not, say a couple weeks go by and I haven't written in it, I can kind of feel like my perspective has changed a little bit. So that's definitely a routine I love. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it routine-wise. Keeping it open and loose. Yeah. Gratitude journal, fresh air, 
that's pretty much my whole life and <laughs> just go with the flow <laughs> like I like to have enough time in my day that I'm not rushed where you know if you run into a neighbor outside you're like walking a dog or something mm-hmm. and they want to talk for five minutes I can do that and I'm not in a rush to like wow this is a luxury I have because of the life I've built like I work part-time I'm work from home I have my own hours don't have kids I don't live in a certain way specifically just to like keep things nice and breezy yeah (laughs) so yeah it works for me I I'm really happy right now how that's all gone yeah in the past it's been like punching the clock never really worked for me I think my energy goes up and down like I can get into the flow state of work and I forget to eat I forget to drink water I'll work for three hours straight without blinking because I'm so into this project <laughs> but then other days I'll do like one hour in an, in an entire day and yeah some people might take 30 hours to do one project that takes me four hours because I get into that flow state. So the energy levels are so up and down. I just kind of harness them somehow. (laughs) So a traditional nine to five, I don't think is the right structure for humans. Personally, I think the whole trend of like the four hour work week, four, four day weeks, that's been in the news a lot lately. I think you can get a lot of work done in like 10 hours a week. The work of three people, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, that 40 hour work week in the office in a cubicle. I just, I don't understand why that's a thing that needs to be disrupted. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all, I mean, that's kind of the culture of our company, right? I think we're all subscribed to that philosophy. I think there's, I've read at least a fair bit of articles that talk about studies where that point out that everyone has, people have differing sort of energy cycles through the day and i think just the fact that i was we were talking before the podcast about sleep right and how the stephen walker is the guy that wrote uh why we sleep i watched uh, he has a master class and so i watched his master class series and one of the things that i took big things i took away from that is everyone has a chronotype so we're genetically born literally to be a morning person or a night owl or somewhere in between Mm. and as we age from babies all the way through teenagers to adults to elders that that there's some wiggle room in that right like as obviously babies wake up early teenagers sleep late and then as we approach late like elder years we tend to go back to waking up early but the 
the the the the boundaries of that are genetically predetermined. So hmm. the I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and you can't change them. And yeah. this is pretty. Yeah, like, that makes sense. I I will. This is never one of his pivotal things. No, neither. Same here. And I don't know how many decades I've spent trying to convert myself because of all this. You know. I remember, <laughs> me and you I on those 8 a.m. meetings. I even remember okay. preaching about it to others. <laughs> like, oh, you got to wake up in the morning. Because I went oh, through a phase cool. where I was waking up at 5, 5.30, going to jiu-jitsu class. And, and you know, <laughs> once I was up and that, those, I mean, sure, it felt great. And some, that's but, adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. And that's the difference, right? Because you've been like body slamming people. Your natural morning. energy versus running on adrenaline, right? Like just the recognition of that um yeah so but yeah you and then i watched this mm. master class and this and you know and then thinking back to my teenager and that's like i it would he, he there was actually a test that you could take online to sort of give you an idea of where you know what your ideal sleep hours are mm -hmm. and sure enough mine like when i took it and I, you know it's not exact 100 percent no 2 a.m to 5 a.m <laughs> But it, well, I think it was like 12 or 12 to eight or 11. Yeah. It was like 12 AM to eight or something like that was mm. it, the test determined anyway. But yeah, I mean, I, I sort of realized, man, I've been, I'm, I'm a night owl. I've always been a night owl. My mom's a night owl. Same thing. I remember oh, yeah. having the same conversation with her. And she's like, when I was doing the morning thing, she was like, oh, I envy you so much. I've always wanted to be the morning the do the morning thing yeah. you know i could never do it right it's like women were like oh i wish i had curly hair <laughs> oh yeah. i wish i had straight hair <laughs> yeah. and i thought oh yeah you know like i i beat my mom at something um, <laughs> but then i realized no she's smarter than me because she just <laughs> built her life around her natural cycle whereas i was killing myself to try to you know uh, yeah. live a routine that I just wasn't genetically designed for and 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 it had you know just constant long-term sort of suffering because of that mm -hmm. anyway but I didn't know it was a thing I didn't know yeah. that yeah I always thought you could change existed, it existed right just like yeah. become a morning it. person yeah. I think you morning can't. people want us to think that morning people like yeah create those little videos where it's like, yeah wow, yeah look oh, at yeah. all the things i do everyone's trying to convince everyone else that the way they live their life should be for everyone else and yeah myself included yeah. i'm like the worst <laughs> perpetrator of that um but yeah anyway the so apart from the sleep this the the, the kind of the your ideal time to sleep is all part of how you're wired your natural energy cycles are wired. So mm -hmm. some people sense. get their creative energy in the mornings or late at nights or whatever, right? So the thing from what I understand, honing in on, and there's there's things you can do. Apparently they say to figure it out, you have to keep a very deep, you can keep like for like a week or two, keep a very detailed journal of where your energy at, how you feel, but like literally down to 15 minute segments. It's super like, it's a little painful to do, but you don't do it for long. And then you kind of, by doing that, you can sort of look at that data after a week or two and you can see it's pretty clear where you have mm. energy and where you have down uh, kind of low energy points through the day. And so you construct your 
work and your life essentially around when you naturally have energy and when you don't, right? Um, instead of trying to bulldoze through yeah. periods where you have low energy and you're trying to do something that requires high energy and you're just, just like drinking Red Bulls, trying to tough it out. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we do, right? We yeah. just artificially drug ourselves up to get right. And that yeah. just has so many bad long-term side effects and becomes addiction and it's hard to wean yourself off. And and you also build like your social life around that too, right? Like so you know, you're, you're running on adrenaline, caffeine, alcohol, whatever to, and you build your, so, and then all of a sudden one day you realize, oh man, this is all wrong. And like, not only do you have to change like your own personal habits, but a lot of times you have to change your social circles because you realize I'm a morning person. I really can't go to these parties anymore, which means I can't hang out with these people anymore. And that, that can be tough, right? It's, mm. it's one of the toughest things to, to change your social circles or your your social relationships. And I think that's what keeps people sometimes living a life that, you know, isn't designed, isn't, they're not naturally, you know, genetically designed for, right? Because they don't want to lose those social bonds, but really they're just continuously suffering, Um because of that yeah mismatch, staying up right? too late yeah yeah so <laughs> but yeah so back to the point of the work you know yeah I absolutely agree that companies would benefit I mean this is just again my own perspective and I think you and mm -hmm. I share this where to create an environment where people can work capitalize on their natural energy cycles to produce the best like you said you can if you nail it you can easily do in 10 hours what a person who Absolutely. just isn't you know is punching a clock takes 40 hours and probably better quality on top of that right oh yeah so, i'm probably thinking about it in my day-to-day -day for 40 hours but then i just get it done yeah. in half an hour <laughs> is this true? That yeah was that was the thing about we we talked about like part of what I've started doing is I'm working at nights, which I so tried to get away from for long. And there's still challenges with that because I have a family and kids, and that means I sleep later and sometimes mm. the morning oh, with yeah. my kids, Other which you know you, you you can't have everything. So, but you know the 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 larger benefit is that I'm not an asshole to my kids. <laughs> I think I think I'm pretty confident they they're would okay say, with you. If you need breakfast. to sleep and eat breakfast, but not be a, a, an asshole, um, we'll, we'll take see it. you after school. <laughs> we'll take it. That's hilarious. <laughs> and my wife too, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's, and and I, I can't really explain it, but. I know for me that when it allows me, so here's what was happening before, because I was trying to jam all the work and everything I wanted to get done in a day. I was trying to jam it all in, in the regular work hours. So, and wanted, obviously want to be available when my kids are at home, have dinner, whatever. I don't want my mind to be on my work when it's time to have dinner and chat, or maybe go shoot some hoops with my son or daughter outside. 
I don't want to be stressed about work. So, but was, but because I was, no, I'm not working at nights because I don't want to sleep late, blah, 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 blah. So I was, had to get everything done. And if I wasn't, because I can't easily let go, if I wasn't get so what ended up happening is I would end up working right up until dinner was on the table. Hmm. And, and everyone's like, then I was, I, and then I literally would be just my wife, like 80% of the times, like Mike dinner's right. They're like already halfway done eating. And I'm still like, yeah, I'll be right there. You know, like, like yeah, that's and, like, and like run so annoying. Table, and I'm like totally stressed from the thing I was just doing. Cause I was trying yeah. to finish it so fast. So I'm not, I was, I'm not, I'm not there. No, uh, you know, you're punching like the clock dinner, again, dinner mode. <laughs> and then even while like I would go through the motions a lot of times of, okay, you know, let's play a board game or something. But as soon as my kids go like to the bathroom, I'd quickly run to the laptop to like finish something else that was still on my mind mm. because it's like, I don't have any more time. Like my time's run out for the day. I don't have any more time. And I, I really like, I know I won't sleep well if I can't finish certain things. Like, because sometimes people are dependent on you. Like the next yeah, day, I need get to get certain things out. done so that somebody has something done, right? And meetings too, right? During the day, I know we, we work really hard to eliminate meetings, to eliminate distractions in our culture. But we, I still, there's days where I spend a lot of, lot, lot of the time I have to be available for my team, right? Uh, so that's probably still something I can refine a little better working on, but regardless, end, end of the day or end at the end, I, I never slept well because I was going to bed earlier than I was genetically sort of should be. And on top of that, I was going to bed stressed out because I didn't get all my work done. <laughs> like I never yeah. slept well. And I would wake up at 4 a.m., stressed out, start thinking about something, you know, and blah, and then just like, oh, and then trying to like, oh, God, God, I got to sleep. I got, I've only slept for, you know, five hours. I need two more. And it's just like, it just so, it was happened so often. And finally, when I said, okay, you know what? Screw it. I mean, so now it's like, I'm relaxed. Cause even if I don't finish stuff by four or four 30, I don't care because I know I have those two hours later and peaceful hours that nobody's distracting me kids are sleeping my employees aren't working you know or even if they are there nobody's communicating at that time i know some developers work late but we don't talk yeah and perfect. i know that that's there and so i can relax i can just go shoot hoops have fun enjoy whatever because i know i'll get to finish what i need to finish later beautiful i do you know and it and it just it works and and there's it's not perfect because there's still some yeah i mean no no one's perfect though challenges to it like you, you but my sleeps are way more sound and you know and it's kind of like counter you know whatever what what you read about in the books right like don't work late don't be on your computer don't <laughs> but yeah so it's yeah, I agree that it's not like actually. a one size fits all thing. It's yeah, I think <clears throat> that's facilitating how everybody wants to work is so key. From my perspective, the the challenges are always making sure that communication is happening in a 
still somewhat productive manner so people aren't waiting three days for response to everything because that Mm -hmm. is destructive so I think we have pretty good policies for that yeah um I think too there are certain people who just have maybe a tendency to abuse a system like that like obviously we wouldn't hire someone or they wouldn't last very long but if you work in an sort of open asynchronous work there's a lot of trust and so you're not necessarily hiring junior people right out of college you're hiring experts who are vetted and usually are measured on like merit-based or some kind of statistic where it's it's output is obvious where like a writer might write you know 10 blog posts or whatever you know that they're working sometime because they've produced these things and you know how long give or take that takes uh developers are creating code and yeah it's easy to measure the output for our business and have that trust and you can work whenever you want because the work will have to get done. And if it doesn't get done, we'll notice and you'll get fired eventually. (laughs) But that's thankfully not the case because we have such hardworking people and our company all care a lot about what we do and probably work too much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have to have visibility. Right. I yes. think that's that's yes. always been a challenge with remote work. And I still I think to this day the organizations that struggle with it, I imagine that the big roadblock is because they've relied on their measure of productivity is coming into an office and seeing mm-hmm. everybody sitting at their cubicles. Yeah. Your butts in your chair. A day. Well, that, <laughs> you know robin or john was at his desk all day therefore he's earned his money you Mm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. regardless of whether he was surfing facebook all day or or you know playing world of warcraft (laughs) there's still that one if as long as you're in the office and you're at your cubicle or you're in your you know and you're doing something on a computer then you're you know that's legitimate right and so yeah it's that output based switching to that mm-hmm. output based so it, it and i i imagine that would be difficult for larger organizations or ones that kind of really don't have much of that right because it's not just a matter of implementing a project management tool or something it's it's really a lot of times a big cultural change right because now people mm. are because they really were not not visible. They could. I mean, how many people have you worked with in companies who don't jobs do who, anything? Yeah, who quote unquote fuck the dog, right? They, as, oh as yeah. They say. I can think and of a handful they, of just like they get away. They, they did nothing. Right, but they were there. They were sitting in their yeah. chair. They made more than most people at the learned, company too. <laughs> they learned how to respond to the, you know, the they, and there was. Nobody really 
cared to or measured uh you know what they actually did or at least mm, you know mm-hmm. did very little of that right uh and i think working remotely when you have a remote company you want to put it i can see how you as an organization would have a really difficult time transitioning or allowing remote work and you've seen this some companies have gone and then they retracted back they literally Mm. have said everybody's got to go back and work in the office blah blah because they they haven't i think i and i'm and i'm and i'm just sort of imagining i don't no, I haven't spent time studying this, but I, I would imagine that part of it is simply because they they just haven't been able to convert that culture or or haven't don't still don't have a comfort that if I don't see somebody working in their chair, I cannot feel comfortable that they're earning their salary. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? All day yeah. long. And it's just it's such an uncomfortable feeling if you're a boss or a manager or whatever, who's, you know, has uh, that because it's been how you've lived in many organizations have, have got been governed and governed their work, you know? And, and so it's, it's, yeah. And I'm not sure it's for every, I don't not sure it's for every organization. I'm not sure it's for every person because I don't think everyone wants to have a job where they're really focused on output, I think. No, it's not for everyone. And it's not for every industry. Some industries naturally need to to have people in the same room together, collaborating, talking, even just bouncing ideas off of each other. It's necessary in some industries to have that. And if you don't, the work suffers and... Maybe that's why some businesses are calling people back into the office. Maybe not. It could just be a mixture of issues. I I could imagine a world where like some businesses could go permanent remote, but definitely not many. I think I, I yeah, I don't ever see everything going remote i i don't yeah see that as even beneficial i i think be, even simply because every p- people are different yeah you know, I, I think certain people just need that physical uh even for myself mm-hmm. i find working from home like i like going to the co-working space uh once in a while and I've realized over the last period, last few months, I've just worked at home. And now I, I really miss that physical interaction, mm. walking into an office and maybe having a chat with someone, you know, that idle chat, just because it gives you energy. Yeah. Uh, and there's a different level of focus. Like sometimes offices can be distracting, but sometimes offices can really help you focus too. It just kind of depends mm-hmm. on your personality. Um, so I think there's a, a mixture and I see that as definitely, I think the 
definitely think the ability to work from home is important because certain people just thrive on that and different are in different stages of life. They're, yeah, it's good for families. Like, right. oh, yeah, my kid's sick and can't go to school. So I'm just going to be home today. Yeah. And, you know, one day out of 14, you're at home. Who cares? And that's great. And it's helpful and helps with retention, I bet, as well, where some industries that are super demanding in office, a lot of people go on stress leave, particularly when just life gets crazy and it's too much. And then you lose that staffer for like two months on stress leave. It's, it's really hard on the person and the business. All right. Well, we're almost at the two hour mark, so we should probably wrap this up. Um, Bye. Tucker I'll... needs to go outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask you some quick fire questions here to end it off. Uh, what's sure. your favorite? What's your favorite video game? Uh, I like The Sims. The Sims. Yeah. Oh, cool. On PS4. What's uh? What's your favorite productivity hack? I don't know. Don't wearing know. a watch <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i have no idea uh favorite productivity tool um google calendar cool that's it just three that's all i got oh that was easy <laughs> except for the second one i didn't know yeah <laughs> sweet well this has been fun thanks mike yeah no thank you thanks for taking the time to do this yeah yeah anytime all right awesome okay. okay have a good rest of the day take care yeah you too Thanks, bye. bye and that's a wrap i hope our discussions today have given you some insights inspiration or even just food for thought whether it's navigating the world of business championing mental health adapting to remote work or keeping up with the latest tech trends remember every challenge is a gift an opportunity to learn more about yourself others, and the world around us. I want to extend a big thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. Your support truly means the world. If you found value in today's conversation, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend or leaving us a review. It helps more people discover these stories and insights. I'm Mikey Vashu, signing off for now. Stay curious, stay resilient, and I'll catch you in the next episode.